Hi there, welcome to Bill Allen's uh, Thursday afternoon Facebook studies. Uh, we are going through the F. Lagarde Smith edited book, The Daily Bible, in chronological order. As you've heard me say many times, it is what I think is the best uh, daily Bible reading tool around. And if you've never tried it, I would encourage you to do that. As I am prone to say, if you pick it up today for the first time, go directly to May 19th's reading. Read today's reading first. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. And just start with today's reading. And today is a great place to start because today I'm going to be sharing with you about the Proverbs. Actually, in uh, the Daily Bible, the Proverbs specifically start on May 16th with some introductory comments from Dr. Smith and then a look at some of the first few topics that uh, the Proverbs cover. I believe we're going to be in the Wisdom of Solomon, the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon for a while, I think till the end of May. And so we're going to be looking specifically at the Proverbs for much of that time and beginning today. And so if you have your copy of the Daily Bible, then you're welcome to open it up to May 16th. I know today's the 19th, and I know I always say read today's reading first. But hang in there with me, because what we're going to do today is a little bit different than what I think I typically do. Rather than just giving you a specific summary, what I'd like to do is read through uh, these readings, starting with May 16th and through, actually, today, May 19th's readings. And I won't be reading all of those. That would be a long, long reading. You typically take about 15, I think, to 20 minutes to read through each day's reading, which typically involves about three or four chapters. But when you come to a book like Proverbs, it's uh, not a narrative, it's not a story that starts at the start and ends at the end and is one continuous plot line. In fact, the book of Proverbs has very little plot line other than to say uh, it's a book about wisdom. It's a book about proverbial statements. And so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, again, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of F. Lagarde Smith's comments in this introductory part and then going through the topics as he looks at them and emphasizing a few of the verses that come about in those uh, passages that talk about those particular topics. He says this, the Proverbs are short poems, usually in the form of couplets, which set high ethical standards and give practical advice for daily living through the use of comparative or perhaps antithetical imagery. Wow, blah, 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 Bill, man. One of the things I want to say at the beginning is that uh, I've done studies before. Some of you who have been in uh, churches where I've been the preacher have heard me lead studies on the book of Proverbs, but combining it with the book of James. I call the book of James the New Testament Proverbs because I think James is very practical, uh, very common sense, very much uh, talking about the specifics of how to live your day-to-day -day life in Christ. In Proverbs, of course, uh, hundreds of years before Jesus, actually over 900 years before Jesus was born, we, we it's more like us talking to our grandparents, talking to your grandfather out on the porch as he's sitting in the rocking, clair, rocking chair, just going back and forth and looking over at you and saying, son, uh, daughter, let me, let me give you a little bit of advice here. And that's exactly what the book of Proverbs sounds like. And as uh, Brother Smith just mentioned, it comes in uh, the area of what he calls couplets. It's little short sayings 
that are either parallel, similar, or antithetical, opposites. He gives a couple of examples, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a ruling rightly given. Well, that's an example of a parallel uh, a, a expression where you have one thing that is fairly much similar and like another, and so you use one to help explain the other. Or it's opposite. Uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Well, those are the opposites. You, you expect uh, a friend to be honest with you and truthful with you. And when an enemy is kind to you and nice to you and gives you those sugary uh, words that don't mean so much, they don't mean so much. And so the writer of the book of Proverbs uses those uh, kinds of things. Throughout the book, there's a contrast between good and evil. Um, uh, the fool versus the wise. Uh, the one who fears God and the one who does not. And the fear of the Lord <clears throat> is one of the places where uh, Solomon begins and talks a lot about that. There's a lot in there that talks about uh, truth. There's a lot in there that talks about justice and contrast with injustice. There's a lot in there that's pretty similar to what Jesus does with the parables, which is take very earthy, very practical, very concrete, <clears throat> very well-known situations and settings and use them to talk about uh, the wisdom and the will of God. Uh, the various Proverbs, which in this book are about 600, we attribute mostly to Solomon. There are some that are attributed to others, such as the great Proverbs 31, as we've talked about, typically every Mother's Day and at other times, the Proverbs 31 lady. That's a great passage that is attributed not to Solomon, but to another author. And, and it's a, a wonderful statement. And it's also unusual, like one of the first ones we'll look at today in Proverbs Proverbs 8. Typically, Proverbs just has a context of one verse, and that's all you get. And then the next verse is a completely different subject and topic. That's why I think it's good to study the book of Proverbs topically, letting someone like Brother Smith put all those topics together and find all the Proverbs that apply to that particular topic and then go from there, whether it's good versus evil, or how to raise children, how to uh, respect your parents and your elders, uh, the, uh, how, what to do with your money, uh, the dangers of your language and your tongue, uh, the importance of telling the truth. All of those things are different topics that we'll be looking at. And so the book of Proverbs is arranged less by context of multiple verses in a chapter and more of just individual topics, usually just one verse at a time. And then the next verse, whammo, is completely different topic. And so as you read through the Proverbs, that can frustrate you if you're thinking that it's going to be like the Gospel of John, for example, or uh, maybe the story in the book of Ruth, which is a wonderful front-to-back story. But still, the Proverbs offer great uh, tidbits of wisdom. And they give us some great example and some great teaching about how to live. And so here's what I'm going to do. As I go through these, I'm going to go just straight through and try to keep up with it on my tablet. And I won't be reading all of the verses again, but I've highlighted some that I think will help us to see the wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. And so with all of that in mind, let's go ahead and get to it, shall we? Uh, <clears throat> and look at the book of Proverbs. The first part is more of an introduction. 
uh, to wisdom, an introduction to the Proverbs. And one of the first topics will be fearing the Lord, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But again, we're starting out in Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8, which is the introduction uh, of the call to wisdom. Uh, Verse 1, does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? In the Proverbs, especially in this chapter and in a few other passages, wisdom is personified. Wisdom is, is given a role as if it is an actual person. That's caused some confusion for a lot of people, but it's something that is good for us to understand. As the writer is taking that poetic license and speaking of wisdom, specifically the wisdom of God, uh, applying it to humanity, he tells it as if wisdom is a person in the feminine gender. And so he begins, the does not wisdom call out, does not understanding raise her voice. In this case, wisdom and understanding are similar. They're equal. Uh, talking, raising her voice, calling out, those are equal terms that help us to understand his message. We skip down a little bit in chapter 8. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish set your hearts on it. Sometimes simple is used in a good way. Uh, sometimes it's good to be more simple-minded and less, uh, uh, less involved in a lot of fluff and a lot of, of other things that are, are not necessary. But sometimes, as is this passage and many others in Proverbs, simple is used as an equivalent to foolish. The simple are the simple-minded. The simple are those who are fools, those who refuse to acknowledge uh, trust and fear of the Lord. And that's a contrast that we see throughout the Proverbs. And so he says, you who are simple gain prudence, wisdom, uh, intelligence, smarts, common sense. You who are simple gain prudence. You who are foolish set your hearts on it. So there is hope for the simple, for the fool, but it involves trusting in the Lord and gaining wisdom. Skipping down in Proverbs 8 to verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. Well, right here in Proverbs 8, we find one of those great verses in Scripture that help us understand what it means to fear the Lord. Not to be scared to death of Him, although to hold Him in high reverence, and to recognize that certainly God can do what He says He will do, and if He says He will punish the evildoer, He will do that and can do that. But here is a great example of the parallel language that's used in Proverbs and in other places, such as Job 28, verse 28, that says this is what fearing the Lord means. And in this case, in Proverbs 8, starting at around verse 13 or so, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. So if you, if you fear the Lord, then you're going to hate evil. If you don't hate evil, if you embrace evil, then you don't fear the Lord. That is Um, the message. And so skipping down further in Proverbs 8, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very very beginning when the world came to be. So God's wisdom is eternal, of course. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, This is not talking about the creation of Jesus, as some have said through the years. But this is talking about God's sharing wisdom with his creation. It was there long before the world was ever thought of and created. 
but it was also something that has been around since that creation took place. And the, the wise man in Proverbs um, acknowledges that. Well, let's continue on. Proverbs chapter 2 is another one of those rare passages where there's a little bit of a context. So we'll start with verse 1 of Proverbs 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Those words from the first part of Proverbs chapter 2. Again, we understand a little bit about the fear of the Lord and we understand a little bit about what he means by wisdom. The wisdom of the Lord, not just earthly smarts, although it's included in that, but wisdom that is able to distinguish between good and evil, but more than that, is willing to choose good rather than evil. To choose to fear the Lord rather than to uh, reject him. Well, we continue on, and later on in chapter 2, he talks about this, how wisdom will keep us from giving in to temptation. For example, wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Uh, he's going to talk more about that, and we'll look at some passages that deal with that a little bit later on. But again, that helps us to understand this concept of biblical wisdom. Looking at Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. We sing a song very uh, similar to that, talking about how God is worth more, more, he is more precious than gold, he is more precious than silver. Nothing we desire can take the place of our relationship with the Lord. Uh, throughout Proverbs, there is that comparison between earthly riches, gold, silver, treasures, glory, fame, uh, and the blessing of being in a relationship with the Lord seen particularly in living with wisdom. Again, wisdom, not just knowledge, but wisdom that involves uh, not just knowing what it means to fear the Lord, but actually doing that and to developing and cultivating through obedient life and, and living, um, cultivating that relationship with the Lord. Uh, many other passages that we can look at as we go through here. Uh, later on, it says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. Continuing on in Proverbs 3. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. My son, the writer says, do not let wisdom and understanding out of your sight. Preserve sound judgment and discretion. They will be life for you an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. This helps us to understand another thing about uh, Proverbs and proverbial wisdom literature is it's generally true. These statements in Proverbs are generally true. They're the typical way that life and the world work, but they're not without exception. 
there are some times when you choose wisdom and you choose to fear the Lord and it doesn't go well with you. When you act with wisdom, you still can't sleep at night because there are a lot of other pressures and stresses that are coming your way. Generally speaking, typically that's not the case, but sometimes it is. And so I think that's important as we begin this study of reading through the Proverbs that we remember that in the genre of wisdom literature and especially in proverbial literature, which the Proverbs, of course, obviously are, they state truths that are typically accurate and true, but still there are times when that's not true. One of the things we'll see as we go on is how God blesses those who fear him and the wise and uh, those who do not fear him and do not trust in him and act with foolishness uh, rather than with wisdom, uh, he does not bless. And we realize in life that doesn't always be, it's not always the case. Sometimes there are people who deny the Lord and don't seek his wisdom, don't fear the Lord at all, and yet seem to be perfectly fine, healthy, materially blessed. Uh, those around them think well of them, and yet God knows the heart. And that will be the exception, and that will be the one of the things that the Lord uh, will uh, speak about. Okay, well, let's keep reading on as we continue on through the book of Proverbs. Uh, God gives warnings, uh, such as this one later on in chapter 3. They will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. So God says, even though uh, they, they can choose to turn away from me, it will not go well with them if they uh, do. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 is another one of those passages where there is a bit of a context. Uh, and so let's start with chapter 4, verse 1. It's a very impassioned plea uh, from Solomon, uh, very personal and a desire to help us to know the wisdom of fearing the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 1. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. That's his desire for those around him that he loves. Uh, Take hold of my words, he goes on to say, with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. We're reminded of Jesus talking about the treasure in the field or the pearl of great price, that, that trinket that is especially valuable. And the person going and selling everything that he has in order to, to buy that field, in order to buy that great uh, piece of jewelry. Well, that's what the writer says about wisdom. It's worth everything else. Uh, and he calls on us uh, to do that. Later on in chapter 4, towards the end, he says this. And this is, I think, a very wonderful passage my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. And then this statement, I think, is in verse 24. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Uh, there was a wonderful book written years ago, Guard Your Heart. A men's ministry book, but one that's applicable for everyone. And it's a, it's a great, great statement from this statement in Proverbs 4. And the writer gives lots of practical instructions on how we today can guard our hearts and do what the wise man in the book of Proverbs 
uh, says we should do. Well, we go on to May 17th. See there, we're already at May 17th. And finally, we get to chapter 1 of Proverbs. Again, another one of those passages that for several verses actually has a context and some continuity. So we'll read about Proverbs and its purpose starting in Proverbs 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, giving prudence to those who are simple or to the fool, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And then Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Remember we read uh, just a few moments ago that the one who fears the Lord will hate evil. Well, here's another way, a passage that helps us to understand what fearing the Lord really means. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Job would say the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Proverbs 1 verse 7, a very important verse there. And so this next section deals with exactly that, the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9 verses 10 through 12. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. Again, not necessarily the case. Jesus was the wisest man who ever lived, and yet he only lived around 30 or so short years. Uh, so there are exceptions, because there are other things at play here. But generally speaking, through wisdom your days will be many and your years will be added to your life. Kind of like the advice that we'll hear in Proverbs, that if we'll listen to the counsel of our parents, it will go well with us. We'll live longer, and our lives will be better. That's typically true. Um, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Proverbs 10, verse 27. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Chapter 14, verse 2, Whoever fears the Lord walks uprightly, but those who despise him are devious in their ways. Again, these help, help us to understand what it means, that concept of fearing the Lord really means. Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 26, Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Certainly true. Chapter 15, verse 33, wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. You want to be honored, then be humble, and you want to be wise, then fear the Lord. Proverbs 19, verse 23, the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. The fear of the Lord helps us to feel that security. Chapter 28, verse 14, Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. <laughs> yes, we know that's true. Great example of the wisdom of Proverbs. Again, common sense, things we know, uh, things we wish people would live by, but that even we ourselves sometimes do not. Uh, the next section, trust in God or trust in self, a great section as well. Proverbs 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. 
This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Very familiar statement at the beginning there in Proverbs 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The person who does that is the wise person. The person who doesn't do that is the fool. That's how Proverbs describes them. Uh, chapter 14 verse 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Another very familiar verse from Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 12, also chapter 16, verse 25. There's a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. We're reminded of Jesus' statement that the way is, is narrow. Uh, the, the wide road is the road that most take, but it's not the right one. Uh, and there is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. The wages of sin is death. Paul writes in Romans 6.23, But the gift of God, His grace, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Proverbs continues on in chapter 18, verse 2, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. <laughs> a lot of Proverbs <coughs> tells us what it looks like to behave as a fool versus to behave as someone wise, uh, and that's one of them. Chapter 19, verse 3, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Uh, true? Yes, of course. It's their own fault for the choices and the decisions that they've made. Rather than to fear the Lord and act with wisdom, they have acted selfishly and with pride, and, and, um, and, and, and yet they blame the Lord. The writer of Proverbs acknowledges that's the way with many people. Chapter 26, verse 12, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Again, humility is an, a very important thing for us to have. Chapter 29, verse 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. And so the question in Proverbs is, who do you fear? Who do you worship? Who do you hold in highest esteem? Who do you reverence most of all? Who do you trust in more than any other? Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord, whoever has the fear of the Lord, is kept safe. Verse, uh, chapter 16, verse 9, In their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. A lot in the Proverbs about making future plans. And again, the New Testament Proverbs, James borrows from that in chapter 4. As he says, you know, you can make plans all day long, but unless you consider what the will of God is, uh, then you could lead to frustration. Um, verse Chapter 19, verse 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Chapter 21, verses 30 and 31, there is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Doesn't give us an excuse not to do our homework or to be prepared. We know that that's not what this is saying. But what it is saying is ultimately it is the will and wisdom of God that will triumph. Again, this passage that James borrows from James chapter 4, Proverbs 27 verse 1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Lots about wisdom versus folly in the book of Proverbs. Chapter 17, verse 12. Better to meet a bear robbed of her cubs than a fool bent on folly. <laughs> That's pretty graphic. And I think we understand what he's saying there. 
sometimes there's some confusion that we get as we read some of the Proverbs. For example, these two statements about dealing with the fools who do not express fear of the Lord. Proverbs 26, verse 4, Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. And then the very next verse, Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. <laughs> and so I want to say, so which? Do we answer them according to their folly, or do we answer them not according to their folly? Well, I think we do what the situation calls for. But we have to call them out. We just have to not... Uh, do that in a way that we borrow and take on for ourselves their values and their way of life. This Sunday morning, many of our adult Bible classes at West Irwin Church of Christ will be looking at the very difficult chapter of 2 Corinthians 6, which uh, calls us to separate ourselves from the world, specifically from the worldliness of the world. But yet we know that Jesus has sent us into the world, so it's a very, uh, a very important uh, uh, discussion to have um, and uh, let's see this passage at the end of uh, Proverbs chapter 26 it's verse 11 it uh, doesn't sound very pretty but it's so true and so graphic that you'll remember it as a dog returns to its vomit so fools repeat their folly <laughs> we understand if you've ever had a dog you understand the nature of that statement and it was just as true in 900 BC as it is today but just that way, we realize that a fool will go back uh, to their folly unless they deliberately change their lives. Um, let's see, Proverbs 14, verse 8, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. Again, chapter 16, verse 16, similar to what we've read, How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver? Chapter 19, verse 8, The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. Who is it that truly loves life? Well, if you really love life, if you really want a good life, as I'm going to talk about this Sunday morning on our Senior Sunday at West Irwin Church of Christ, it, then you'll get wisdom. And not just knowledge or smarts, but the wisdom of God, the fear of God, the desire uh, to live an obedient life in the eyes of of the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 23 verse 12, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Well, I think that's going to do us okay for today. We, our time is about up and I've gotten us all the way to May the 18th. So um, you can, uh, if you haven't read these great Proverbs yet, then you can <clears throat> read Proverbs, uh, May 19th's reading, which is today's reading. Or you can start at May 18th, so long as you promise me, promise Bill, that you'll keep going. And then uh, read every day. You'll find the reading to be um, encouraging, challenging, frustrating. And at the same time, you'll nod your head so many times. Wow, that is really true. Wow, if only everyone I knew, including myself, lived according to the wisdom that we read in the book of Proverbs. Uh, next week, we'll start with these Proverbs from May 18th, and we'll take it on for several days as we go through this great book together. May God bless you and give you uh, a wonderful weekend of fearing the Lord and living in obedience to the wisdom of God. Amen.